world, welcome back to Edge of Your Seat Podcast. This is your host, Brandon LaChance, episode 61. Have another great, amazing, fantastic, and all those other very cool adjectives. <laughs> great show for you. We have Hall graduate and Lewis University student and bowler, Erin Bakaki, on this episode. She kind of had her life flipped around with this coronavirus, just like most of us. Hers was a little more instant than mine or, you know, other people. Just really fast. Had to move out of school, go back home, quit going to classes, start taking online classes, quit bowling, which she has been doing every winter for a very long time. Sure, winter is over. It was the end of the season. Her and her team at Lewis University had reached a goal, and then that goal was just ripped away from them. They didn't even get to experience it. She talks about all that and more on this episode. want to give a very special thank you to Aaron for joining us. It's awesome when you have cool people to talk to. And we've had lots of cool people, actually about like 58 cool people to join us on this podcast, try to have an interview every time. I think there's only been maybe three episodes without an interview. So try to keep it going every single time. I am very thankful and I guess blessed to have people come and speak with me as frequently and as openly as they do and just share with you guys. It's entertaining, it's interesting, find out some info, different perspectives. You know, that's why I love podcasts and I'm very lucky and thankful to be doing this. I'm going to keep this intro pretty short. Of course, we know what's going on with the coronavirus. Talk about it with Aaron. We spoke on Saturday morning, so the latest updates had not happened. The bars and restaurants hadn't been closed yet. There was another speech by President Trump and his, we'll call it a cabinet today, talking about what they hope to do, telling people to stay inside, pushing things to continuously washing your hands, staying away from people. If you can stay at home, stay at home, and just encouraging it and encouraging it more, saying if we do not stay in the house, and keep running around, going out, partying, being around a bunch of people, that it's just going to continue to spread and it's not going to go away. So I hope everybody is healing to that and stay inside and, and not touch people and not try to spread a virus. Even if you're not trying to, you could be. So just take the precautions, help out yourself, help out your family, your friends, the people you're around, and in, in essence, our society our nation and the world since this is a worldwide deal please take heed to that we would all really appreciate that and quit hoarding i went to walmart and hy-vee yesterday there was nothing on a lot of the shelves crazy the funny thing is, is there were tons of fruit and vegetables <laughs> but microwavable food crackers at hy-vee we couldn't even find macaroni and cheese there's no bread eggs are scarce but i thought that was funny of course the fruit and vegetables are there <laughs> I, I did chuckle about that Toilet paper gone. Yeah, super crazy. There's no reason to hoard. Get what you need for your family. Obviously, stock up. But you do not need the food to feed 15 people if you only have two or three in your house. Or four or five. You still don't need to feed 15 people. Just keep that in mind. We're all together in this. There's nobody fighting against anybody. There's nobody trying to one-up each other. At least there shouldn't be. There really shouldn't. We're a country. We're a people. There's no reason to be like that. Other people need their necessities and their resources as well. No reason to hoard. Well, I said I want to keep that short, so I will. 
And if you did not catch episode 60, that was part one of this little two-part series I got going on. That was Olivia Lawley from Putnam County, and she is now a sophomore at Loyola University in Chicago. So part one was Olivia, part two Aaron. It's about college kids and how they're dealing with coronavirus and how their worlds were flipped upside down in just a minute's notice. So if you haven't checked it out, please do. Olivia was great. Aaron is great on this show. Please continue listening. Much appreciated. I don't know where you're listening to this show, but if you want to tell your friends, your family, loved ones, other people that enjoy podcasts, word of mouth advertising, definitely appreciate it on my end. We are on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and Google Music. Also, if you have anything to share, a suggestion, different people to interview, anything like that, send an email to edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. On social media, Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and then Twitter, Edge of Your CP. Also, if you got something going on during this coronavirus, a different story, things are changing in your world, please share. I mean, everybody's going through this together, hear different perspectives, different stories, and know that they're not the only ones struggling. We all are. So please share. I've been sharing my stories here and there with my guests to to entertain all. (laughs) Not entertain, inform, you know, all that other good stuff. We will be back soon. I have about four or five interviews in the bag already ready to go. And I have some more lined up to continue doing what we do. And that's share our lives, share stories, share jokes, share info, share reality. It's all here. So until next time, peace. Well, since the world seems to be on lockdown and, you know, we're I guess we're just trying to fill in the minutes and hours with awesome things to do. So why not do a podcast, Edge of Your Seat style, with my guest, Erin Bakaki, before I started speaking with her on this recording, which she is here. Hi, Erin. Hello. I called you something I don't know if I've called a lot of people, which is a silly goose. How did, how did it feel to be called a silly goose? I get it a lot, honestly. <laughs> That's awesome. I think it's just because, like, I don't know, my personality, it can be random sometimes. And it is randomly awesome. You're fun to talk to, and that's why I had to have you on the show. If you do not know Erin, she was an amazing bowler for Hall High School, and now she is at Lewis University, where she is a member of their girls' bowling team. So we'll start right there, Erin. We'll talk some bowling. Then we'll get into the state of America, and then all the awesomeness of awesome. (laughs) The awesomeness of awesome. (laughs) So we'll start with bowling. I mean, you came, this is your sophomore year. Let's start with your freshman year at Lewis University. As you and I were talking before I pushed the record button, we haven't spoke since you left Hall. So let's start with freshman year and your experience with Lewis during your first year of college. I started Lewis in the fall of 2018, and I was really excited to go away. Like, it was a get-away-from-home type of deal. Like, I was just ready to start school, and I actually study uh, biology there and I want to be a pharmacist. My studies was going great. Bowling was going good. Like, it was a first-year program. Like, my coach reached out to me and a couple other my teammates and was like, hey, like, I'm starting a bowling program. Like, it's going to be first year. Like, you want to be on the team? I said, yeah. I mean, we had a pretty good first year. Like, we brought home two runner-up trophies. I mean, we just, like, really succeeded. And luckily, like, we had just great success as a team and team chemistry. 
And then going into postseason, we were uh, just a couple places short of advancing to postseason. So, like, coming out this season with our newcomers and, like, the new program, we really wanted to reach postseason. So that was one of our goals. And my studies were good. It was kind of an adjustment, though, like, adjusting from high school to college study-wise and, like, grades and schoolwork. And you had to, like, really high management was a big skill that I had to learn, like, going from class to bowling to homework to studying for tests. It was an adjustment for sure. But you got it all figured out? You made the adjustments? Oh, yeah. What I always remember about college, especially the first couple years, was the mess halls. I mean, I loved having a meal plan and could get awesome food whenever I wanted it. I mean, college life food isn't the best, but I mean, <laughs> it's there. There's a couple good places at Lewis. Like, I really like the, there's like the sandwich shop where you, where you can get like sandwiches, like hot or cold. Those are really good. That's like the only place I really go. Or we have like another place where like, it's all like fried food. Like you can get wings, mozzarella stick, pizza, all that other type of food but i mean there's nothing like home food come on that's true that's true but me yeah. growing up my home food wasn't like amazing so when i had a hall that i could just walk through and it was like a buffet style every single day for any meal that was cool. that was fun that's what i liked yeah we have one of those too it's like never ending yeah. and like each day it's something different so it's like you never really get tired of it yeah i went to siu in carbondale and there was three of them because the campus is pretty large the one that I was always by was True Blood. And so we would always make fun of it when they did have bad food and just call the food truly bloody. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Yep. Uh, the good old college stuff. All right, so we were bowling, then we get into this year, and, you know, you and I are Facebook friends. I follow Lewis University on Twitter. Because of you, I wanted to see what you were doing, keep track of you. We did a lot of stories during your time at Hall. I kept seeing Lewis finishes first, Lewis finishes second. Let's discuss this year and the role that you were on. This year, my first semester, it, honestly, like, I don't know, it was kind of rough. I had a lot of stress from not only bowling, but I had a lot of stress from schoolwork and, like, outside life that was affecting me. And, like, honestly, sadly, it affected my bowling as well. So, like, my first semester wasn't, like, the best. It could have been better. But my second semester, yes, honestly, it was a ride. We had to come back early in January for um, a couple practices because we had a tournament over, like, the break. It was good. Would you mind sharing the outside of school stuff or, or no? It was just a lot of, like, I had this teacher that would just constantly, like, she'd give you so much homework and then she'd just... I don't know, she was really strict, and it was just coming to the point where I was, like, getting bad grades, and I wanted to get my grades up, and it was just, like, stressful, and I'd go to bowling practice stressed, and then I'd bowl bad, and then I'd get even more upset, and, like, it was all, like, mentality, and it just downfalling. So how did you write the situation? Did you take a breather and, and just kind of refocus yourself, or how did you get through that? Well, I finished this the first semester up the best I could, and then I came home over break, and I kind of just focused on myself and focused on my bowling, and I went to work a little bit and just kind of, like, de-stressed myself. And then coming back in January for bowling, I just I found that drive of passion again, which really helped coming into a new, fresh semester. And it, it shows. I mean, you're bowling, you're averaging 185 a game. You have 104 strikes. You have made two all-tournament teams. Is that correct, Two. 
canceled. And at first I was just like, oh, what a bummer. Like, it'll be rescheduled. That night I ended up coming home back to the Illinois Valley Thursday night. And I'm sitting at home and I'm just like, dang, like, it's really canceled. Like, we worked all season for this. Like, my team and I, that was our goal. Like, we worked for it. We worked hard. Every single tournament, it was a, a strive to get better, to improve, to make sectionals. So I was sitting at home and I'm just like, dang, like, now what am I going to do? Like, and it was just all like a cliffhanger. Is it really over? Is bowling really done? I don't know. I felt like my world in my head was like at a standstill. I didn't know what to do. So I'm just at home now for now. I don't know. School. <laughs> like, I don't know from here, I guess. Yeah. Actually, our school like extended our spring break until the 23rd. Teachers could like prepare for the online classes. And then we'll have online classes until the 6th. And then we're supposed to go back April 6th to like actual campus for face-to-face. But like, I don't know. I'm kind of nervous, honestly. Why are you nervous? Because I don't know. I never really like, if I wanted to take an online class, I would have taken one. And I really did it. So... Right, right. I don't know how this is going to work out. And, like, as a biology major, like, I'm enrolled in labs, so, like, physical hands-on activity, and I don't know how I'm going to be able to do that online. You're going to have to go catch a frog and then, like, dissect it in your living room? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to make, like, chemicals in my basement. (laughs) Aaron, the mad scientist. (laughs) I don't know. Like, that's what I'm like. I don't know. Maybe a teacher will do that, but I'll have watch it i have no idea i'm kind of that's what i have no idea like my major classes organic chemistry and biology like i don't know what's gonna happen yeah i feel for people that are having their lives are shifting crazily immediately so like i work at a bank i do a podcast basketball season for ivcc women's team which i'm an assistant coach for is over so the bank hasn't shut down anything i mean we've all been cleaning our desk with sanitizers the wipes and things like that we have put up the candy jars nobody is getting candy so we're not spreading germs by touching pieces of wrapped candy but I still have a job. I'm still supposedly going to be there Monday. I have not got a call saying we're shutting down the bank. But there are people, say yourself, who had to move back home. They can't stay in the dorms. You know, they're not going to classes. They have to take online classes when they start up again instead of going to classes. Or you have a kid and they're in daycare. Daycares are shut down. Junior highs, elementary schools shut down. That obviously affects the workforce and how they're going to take care and watch their kids. So I feel for everybody that is having crazy transitions in life right now, including you. So I'm glad that you're like, you know, you're you're smiling and laughing and like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but, you know, I'm here. So at least you're trying to stay positive. I agree, like, with what you said. Like, there's kids that, like, kind of rely on going to school as their, like, form of care for the day or, like, their meal. And now that there's no school, like, yeah, I wonder for those kids as well. I'm fortunate enough to have meals at home and be able to, like, travel places and I'm old enough that I can drive. But, like, yeah, what about the younger kids that aren't able to do things like that? It's just, it's crazy, honestly. Like, Personally, I don't find it a big... I think the media took it a lot out of proportion. And now, like, the world's changing and frantically. And, like, every day it's something new. And that is, like, disrupting me. Everything happened so fast. Like, Thursday, everything was great. By Friday, everything. Like, bowling was done for the year. School's canceled. I'm back at home. It all happened within, like, a matter of 24 hours. And it was just, like, it blindsided me. You knew you said that about the media. Do you think there was an overreaction? Do you think the shutdown is kind of, you know, not warranted, kind of overkill? 
Well, I think I'd rather have an overreaction than an underreaction, but as I go on Facebook and I see, like, all these, like, toilet paper things or, like, people buying water, or actually, I was on my way to the gym this morning. I'm not going to knock over the gym over this. Like, I'm still going to go on with my daily life. And I'm driving down, like, the back road in Peru, and I see that there's, like, a line of, like, probably more than 30 cars just lined up on the side of the road for the water store. I, I don't get it. Like, what is stocking up on toilet paper and water gonna do? <laughs> I, I do agree with you there. I don't, I don't know. I was at CVS two days ago. Yeah, I had done some photo and video stuff for Holy Cross School in Mendota, and I was making a CD for them of all the photos and videos, which I was given the wrong CD, and I have to go back, and, you know, that's a whole another ordeal. But I'm, I'm taking a break because this corona thing seems to be more serious than having to go back to CVS. But anyway, while I was there, there was like eight or nine carts just full of toilet paper, sanitizer, wipes, all this other crazy stuff. And I'm like, seriously, we're ransacking these stores, taking everything off the shelves for really an overreaction. I agree with the shutting things down. Let's you know, unsocialized or like de-socialized just a tad. We don't have to touch people or be, you know, within two inches of each other to try to let this airborne thing go away, not be sick, things like that. But I think there's the shopping part of it. And I was just sent photos from my buddy, Pat Beals. Shout out to Pat. He sent me photos of the store, Family Dollar in Mendota. And there's absolutely nothing for like a good five feet, 10 feet of shelving, everything is gone. I think that is a little ridiculous, but I do believe, you know, we got to be cautious. Yeah, I agree. Like shutting down, like some businesses are like limiting their hours. I think that's fine. Like social contact, but I just don't know what like hoarding things in your house is going to do. I get it. You need some food for the week or like maybe people think that we're going to do what Italy's doing right now and just shut down, which I really don't think that's going to happen. But I don't think hoarding hundreds of rolls of toilet paper is going to do anything for you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All you're doing is taking up space with toilet paper. And some people actually need those supplies and then they go to the store and they're not there. It's kind of like disrupting the whole society. I, I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't understand the shopping part. But like I said, I do agree with the school thing, especially with little kids. Little kids and nursing homes, you know, nobody's allowed in and out of nursing homes right now. And with the elementary schools, the number one way to pass illness or head lice or the mumps or the measles or anything is little kids because they're all in school together. They don't know what not touching each other is or anything like that. They're all over the place and they pass stuff all day every day. So I do agree with taking a break from that for a while, see if this will pass and then what happens next. So I think the government has been smart about it, but us as Americans running to the store like, oh, we got to buy everything. It makes for good memes though. Yeah. For sure. Like, I get it. Like, actually, right now, I'm in, I'm enrolled in microbiology class at uh, Lewis for my major. And we talked about, like, the coronavirus before it became such a big, like, thing. Like, a, a month ago, we had to do some research on it and, like, how it came to different countries and, like, the, the spread being in bats and blah, blah, blah. Anyway. No, you, so, can, uh, you can elaborate on the blah, blah, blah. Not, maybe not a lot of people know what it is. I mean, sure, we know the word coronavirus and we know how we're acting towards it or reacting towards it but maybe people don't know exactly what it is so if you've learned about it in school share with us please it's kind of has flu-like symptoms but like there's different strains of it so like every strain's not going to react the same and depending on everyone's immune
immune system. The elderly and the young have compromised immune systems where they either don't have the vaccinations that they can receive yet because they're too young or the elderly, their immune system has gone through a lot over the years that if they do come in contact with something like this, it's going to affect them differently than a normal, healthy human being in probably like their 20s like me. So we read an article in class and had to answer a few questions on like how and it started in China in like a meat market and with bats and the bats, you know, were like the carrier between the meat, the humans, and when, like, the humans ingested the meat, it had, like, some effect, and it caused an illness, and then it just kind of spread through, like, respiratory droplets or, like, coughing, sneezing. We learned that the symptoms are, like, the flu, but instead of being so, they come, they go, it's, like, all at once, like, it's onset, like, you're gonna have a fever, you're gonna have a cough, you're gonna have all these symptoms at one time, all of a sudden. Like snap of fingers. Pretty much. They say you're going to get this big fever within like hours. And the only way that you can really get rid of it is quarantine yourself and incubate yourself. And like there's no, obviously there's no vaccination for it. There's really no medicine for it. It kind of just takes its course through your body over the couple of weeks. And then it will eventually pass like the flu. And no offense to Italy, I mean, they had, you know, 800 deaths in within like two or three days of being hit with the coronavirus. But like you said, the elderly and their immune systems. So that obviously had a had a reason for why such a high number in Italy. But I still think we should be, you know, safe, precautious. I was supposed to unfortunately go to a wake yesterday and the wake was at five o'clock. I got off work at five o'clock, but I work kind of right by the funeral home. So I was just going to take a walk over there. But the announcement about the school shutting down happened like 30 minutes before I was about to leave or like 40 minutes before I was about to leave. And I'm like, okay, the whole world is shutting down. No schools, no nothing. Nobody, they don't want you to be around each other so we can not spread this any more than it already is. And then I'm going to go to this thing where people are crying, hugging, kissing me on the cheek, stuff like that. And, you know, I've paid my respects to the person that passed and, you know, all that other stuff. I did a podcast about him, just about him. And I was just like, you know what? Call me uh, a punk or, or weak because I want to stay home. But I decided not to go. And I definitely, I definitely heard about it, but I thought I made the right decision because if being around people is going to help spread it, if somebody has it, first of all, it sounds like you don't know that you had it unless you go to the doctor and find out and, you know, some of us don't do that all the time. So if you're around people that have it, why not just take a break, be like, hey, I'm staying home so it doesn't keep spreading because of you? A lot of the people, like, you could have it or you could have, like, the non-harmful strain of it and not even know. Depends on your body and, like, your immune system and who you are. It's just going to affect everyone differently. Like, some may have, like, really serious symptoms and then some might not even know they have it at all until you do go get tested. At this point, there really isn't much they can do other than incubate yourselves. Everyone has a different immune system that's going to react differently. Everyone's not going to react the same, even though it could be the same strain. Yeah, and I would feel really awful. So say I, I go somewhere and there's, you know, an elderly person and I shake their hand or I touch them and I had it, but it doesn't affect me poorly because, you know, I'm, I'm 30, I'm pretty healthy, things like that. And, you know, I pass this to somebody who can't handle it and they pass away. I would feel really, really awful. I, I mean, that's, that's tragic. 
Me too. That's why I feel like the governor society saying, hey, like, we're going to cancel this or we're going to close this or we're going to limit the hours here is a good thing. Like, because you don't know. And you want to keep everyone safe. Some people might not know and then they come in contact with somebody and then that person gets sick and then you feel bad. Like I said, I think it's a good thing that they're taking precautionary matters before something serious it still stinks, though. <laughs> we, we can both agree that it stinks. I mean, lives are... Yeah, it's like everything happens so fast. And, like, with sports and all, like, I'm not a senior, so, like, I really can't relate to how some of the seniors are feeling. But, like, they got their whole entire season just, like, ripped away within 24 hours. You were blindsided. You, you couldn't prepare for it. You didn't know it was coming. It's just like, oh, everything's canceled. It sucks. Yeah, the first thing that I saw, well, this was like two or three days ago, the first thing I saw was the NCAA men's and women's tournaments were going to still play the games, but not have fans. So just the teams, the media, coaches, you know, stuff like that. I thought that was reasonable. You'd still get to play the games. Yeah, you would still get to see them. They would still happen. The athletes that have their whole entire lives have been designed around basketball. No doubt about it. They have trained, they have played, they have practiced, they have done all that stuff. And the payoffs, especially for college kids, is this tournament. Sure, we know about the one-and-done rule, which, you know, no longer exists. But even though they had to go to school, they were trying to still win a championship. So by the time they got to the NBA, that was on their resume. Well, now that has been taken away, as you have stated. So I'm like, okay, cool. They're still going to play the games. And I don't know if you've ever been a wrestling fan, WWE style. Have you been? No, not really. <laughs> In the late 90s, The Rock, who is Dwayne Johnson, massive monster yeah. movie star right now. Yes, I know him. <laughs> and Mankind, who is Mick Foley. You might know who he is. No. He wrote a bunch of child books. Pretty intelligent guy. Like, he never looked like a wrestler. Big, chubby, really long, curly, kind of looked like a truck driver, to be completely honest with you. Anyway, The Rock and Mankind had a match in 1998 or 1999 at a pay-per-view where it was the empty arena match. And it was them two, commentators, and that was it. And cameramen. And that was it. There was not a single fan in the arena and they had this match. So I went back and watched it yesterday after I got home after work. And I'm, I'm watching this match and I'm like, this is kind of how life seems to be right now. And like now, like with modern technology, there's live stream or you could have recorded it. I was for having, like, no fans. Like, yeah, it'd suck to be a player, not have, like, the cheering going on. You'd still be able to play the game, and, like, life would still go on because, like, you devote literal hours and hours on end and your hard work and your dedication, tears, pain, all that. And for it to just be canceled, it sucks. Feel your pain, Aaron. I really do. Coming from an athlete's perspective, having our postseason canceled really upset me a lot because... Like I said, my team and I worked hours on end of hard work, like practice. And like, there'd be days where I'd always say, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Or I hate bowling or I want to be done. But now that I look back on it, I regret saying those things because I never meant it. I was just being lazy. And now that we don't get this postseason, I think it just drives my passion even more for how successful we can be next season and come back and prove ourselves. The postseason was going to be our chance to prove Lewis, like a second-year bowling program. It was just something that we were all looking forward to, and probably other teams were looking forward to as well. Like Their postseason is just something like you work all season for, and it's something like big and known, and you want to be on top. For it not to happen, it's a bummer. 
I'm glad that you brought that up. I mean, everybody always says, spend as much time as you can with your loved ones because, you know, anybody could pass at a single time. People in this area, a lot of my friends, we are going through that at this exact moment. But things can be taken away while we're still alive, too. The coronavirus or, you know, if you get an injury and you can't play or I'm a banker and I was a writer for 15 years. If something were to happen to my right hand, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do my livelihood, my passion that I went to school for for a long time. If anything was ever to happen to my mouth or my tongue or, you know, anything like that, my vocal cords, my throat, anything that was to happen, my whole life changes drastically. So I'm glad that you said that and we can't ever, you know, like, oh man, I wish I wasn't doing this or anything like that. When it is something that you truly want to do and that you've put a lot of time in, I'm, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, I've been doing this for about, since second grade actually, I just like started, you know, like the like little youth leagues on like Saturdays and then I started to get interested in it and then I was like, oh, it's something like a sport, like I think I could do this and then high school came around and I did and then I got the opportunity in college and I was just like, hmm, like sure, why not? And I think from the past couple days, everything I've been seeing, it's just, you have to play every game like your full potential 100% because you never know when it's like your last and I think that's what me and most of the athletes now can like relate to you didn't know that it was going to be the last game or the last practice or your last time with some of your teammates it's just everything's so unexpected you have to work hard all the time because you do <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, you're right. You never know when it's when it's done, and it doesn't have to be death. It can be other things that put a, a wrench in the system here, and you don't throw everything off. So you never, ever, ever know. Like I'm not gonna be surprised if I get a phone call sometime over the weekend saying, "Hey, we're not gonna open the bank for a week" or something like that. I'm prepared now. Unfortunately, I'm prepared because other people didn't have the time to prepare, but I got to talk to you and, and hear how your life changed and, you know, other people's life has changed just with a snap of a finger or, you know, a short breath, just a couple seconds, everything changes. So yeah, it is so insane what is going on. But again, preventive measures that, you know, need to be put in place. Of course, it throws a wrench into our lives, but that wrench Hopefully, if this thing goes away, isn't going to be as long as, you know, some lasting effects. If the coronavirus stayed around or, you know, if everybody got it, maybe we turn into zombies. We have no idea what could really happen here. Yeah, like these events lately, something that I never really would have expected, but like the unexpected really opened my eyes about not only like every moment in your life, you have to take every moment in your life as an opportunity. But like you said, like all this unexpected stuff, like I didn't think it would happen. And like, it's just making me value a lot more lately. I'm now seeing the world through like a different perspective. Some of the stuff I don't agree with, but then again, I agree with a lot. And I just think it'll all pass in the end and we'll look back on it in, the, in a couple of years or like tell our future family or so. Like, hey, this is what happened in 2020. But look at where we are today. I think throughout life, there's going to be hardships. In the end, it will all make sense. We're going to be talking about 2020 forever. This is going in the history books. There's never been a shutdown like this nationwide, worldwide. Not just in America, worldwide. Everybody's talking about Corona. It is in every paper. It is on podcasts. It is on every TV station. It is absolutely everywhere. Things are getting shut down, canceled, suspended, all that other stuff. Never happened before like this in any country, more or less worldwide so it's going to be in history books trying to like explain to younger people 
about this. And, like, I don't think they get it. Like, some of them are just like, oh, yeah, school's canceled, blah, 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 blah. I'm just, no, there's more going on than just school being canceled. I think we're so cynical, and we grow up in a society where we can say whatever we want to, we can think whatever we want to, which, you know, is awesome. A lot of countries don't have that. And we can make our points across and, and things like that. Like, if you look on Facebook, I've actually turned off Facebook for the last couple of days because of everything that I was seeing on there. And just, oh, we're okay. This is a crazy overreaction and all this other stuff. It might be overreacting. It might be. There, that's not a doubt. It could be. Maybe three more people die, which that's three more than anybody would like, but that's not a huge outbreak. But to have something like that, where our government is stepping up and be like, okay, we're going to take these preventive causes to make sure that this doesn't spread and we don't become Italy. 800 people is a lot of people. You're from Spring Valley, that area, 800 people, like that's a couple of those little towns that are around Spring Valley or around Mendota or around LaSalle, Peru. That's those entire towns wiped out. So we have to be considerate of, of that, and we are. Back at school this week, and everyone was talking about it on my team at practice, about like, oh yeah, like coronavirus, it's like killing people, blah, blah, blah. I was thinking, I was like, yeah, that's not a high number. And then I got home the other day, and I'm sitting in my room, and I'm just like thinking because... that they have done and like shutting things down and things like that when the president donald trump and he had a couple doctors and things like that talk yesterday in a special conference or a special speech presentation to the united states of america we were watching it at the bank and one of the doctors that came in was talking about the efforts that they're putting in and i know it's kind of like a, a rah-rah speech like hey we're here we're trying to help it happens everything that happens bad in the country especially around election time that has been brought up a million times about this has happened yeah. because you know the political elections and they want to show a superhero and things like that i hope that's not true i don't think you shut down the world for a hoax like that i really hope that's not the case but the doctor had said something about the hiv virus and aids and how it took like four years to understand what was going on and it took like 11 years for medication and processes of curing it they're tackling this coronavirus in a matter of days they have things set up where they're trying to make medications and stuff like that if it takes a year for the medication that's way better than 11 years that's 10 years shorter so i will give them props for doing what they're doing and trying to make this not a big deal if we have to shut stuff down for a little bit to preserve lives i'm totally cool with that i think like now we're more like medically and scientifically advanced than the past which will help what brightens me is we don't know how long it could be school said oh yeah we'll be back to school april 6th face to face well what if it's longer i know some schools are just gonna finish out the semester online the unknown is what is kind of frightening like you don't know like how long this could be hopefully it's not long it is like a crazy version or episode of the twilight zone you ever watch that show the old show no it's called the Twilight Zone, and it was I've just... i heard of it, but like, I don't think I've ever actually physically watched it. Just, like, weird, crazy stuff. 
that would happen and this seems like a crazy episode of the twilight zone it really does don't think i've ever expected to basically have the world shut down yeah nobody like like everyone's like oh stay inside stay inside stay stay away from but like personally i don't think i want to stay inside (laughs) (laughs) like i don't know it's like i guess it's just my viewpoint is i i get it like it's in like a pandemic you have to watch yourself around crowds. But, like, I'm not going to stop my life over it. Yeah, I mean, we're at the national emergency level now. And I'm not going to say I'm living in fear because I'm not. I still went to work. I'm still going to make money and make sure I have lights on in my house and, and stuff like that while there's still lights on in my house. <laughs> like, I'm going to keep doing that. But I'm also, I didn't go to the wake yesterday. And I probably should have been there. There's no doubt I probably should have went. But, you know, safety for you and the people that you love in, in our country. I mean, like I said, you shake a hand with an older gentleman and he gets his coronavirus and his immune system can't handle it. He's gone. And all you did was shake his hand. I don't want to be yeah. part of that. And I don't think anybody wants to be part of that. So I have mentioned this before. For car accidents, they brought in the seatbelt. So we do that now every single day, every single time we get into a car, or at least you should, to try to prevent serious injuries. I mentioned AIDS, HIV. We have condoms that are to prevent this from happening. So taking a couple days, a weekend, a couple weeks, whatever, to quarantine ourselves to make sure that we're not passing this or getting it ourselves is a wise idea. That's all I'm saying. I think that's true. And like, I think it's going to open up like people's eyes on when you go out in public to wash your hands like you should wash your hands but like be more cautious about washing your hands longer or like use hand sanitizer or don't touch your mouth i think it's opening up society to like germs are there (laughs) yeah no doubt they totally are they've been here forever (laughs) so I, i don't know i just like over time i think quarantining ourselves and like taking sanitary precautions will you know eventually everything will go back to normal And hopefully people are more aware of hygiene and how it affects life because that's exactly what is happening here. So hopefully. Yes, for sure. Definitely. Well, I think that's enough coronavirus talk. What do you think, (laughs) Erin? Oh, yeah. I think I go on Twitter. I go on Facebook. I go on Instagram. And all I see is the word. It's like, okay, what's next? Yeah, (laughs) very true. Well, Aaron, I want to thank you for joining Edge of Your Sea podcast. Hopefully we can have you back sometime and you're actually bowling and things are awesome again. But thank you very much for joining us and, and talking about your life and things that are going on. I definitely appreciate every single second of it. Thank you for having me. I had a good time, you know.